0: everyone. Welcome to the Free Range Coach Podcast. My name is Rod Jans. My guest today is Dave Yeracek. Dave is an international speaker, professional coach, and published author. He helps his clients explore their lives and businesses, better define their beliefs, and achieve their personal and professional goals. Dave is an expert at helping people gain new perspective on life so they can improve their careers and business choices. He believes everyone can define their purpose and passion and live it. Dave says that adventures in nature offer outstanding opportunities for personal growth, which is why Dave created the Adventure Coach platform. It's a unique coaching practice that offers custom outdoor packages for individuals or groups that are looking for life-changing experiences. Please help me welcome the Adventure Coach, Dave Juracek.
1: Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure talking to you before. We did do a little bit of an interview for Free Range Coach when we did a round table and I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much, It's always a pleasure being here with you. So just diving in, I'm curious about what you can share about your coaching journey. Like what was it like for you to become a coach and were there any sort of significant milestones along the way? What, What can you tell us about becoming a coach?
2: Yeah, that is such a fun story, I find, and it's it's fun because you're sharing it now with other people of that self-discovery. What do I want to do? What changes do I make? You know, all the things of education, experiences of the past. How do I want to morph those into something for the future? So it was a very fun journey, and for the coaching-specific industry, that really came to play because my father was a speaker. And he was actually one of the top 10 sales group for quite a few years. So I was able to travel with him, learn a lot from him. I started my uh, speaking business really under his wing, which was uh, very, very cool to be able to share stages with my father around the world. And then from that notice, the coaching element of how people go to events, you know, typically they get that high for a day or two a week. And then it trickles off and unfortunately things don't change. And I was like, hey, there's something missing here. There's this void that needs to be completed. And that's where I was like, I need to dive more into this coaching to do, you know, one on one and one on groups just to really help teach people more and have them be able to implement more into their day to day so that they could find strategies that work for them. So it was a mixture of working with some of the great people out there, the Jack Canfield, Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, uh, Roger Hamilton. So traveled throughout North America and even as far as Indonesia to do some training and working with some of these people and of course, some local coaches to really help define what is it that I'm passionate about? What are some of my purposes in life and really mashing those two up together. Mm-hmm. And I think really, I did want to be that typical anybody, right? So it's was like, okay, like I love the element of coaching. One of my passions is helping other people. It's just like, what is that other thing to layer upon what I will be creating eventually that will be unique and different and, you know, stand out from the rest. So went through, like I said, a variety of different coaches and trainings and learnings to really figure out what are some of those things that represent me that I want to create into a business moving forward in my coaching career. And uh, working with one woman locally, a coach she helped me do this funnel exercise which was taking a bunch of words about me putting it on a board creating this funnel and then weeks and weeks pass by we're adding to it and then one week she's like okay pick one of your words and i'm like there's 47 words up there they're all me how am i supposed to pick one and i actually picked the word survival and i initially thought that word up because more of the wilderness survival outdoor element right And then I was like, wow, shocking that I picked out of all the words that were up there. But that was really the stepping stone to helping me create my company, The Adventure Coach, because I really looked at that survival of wilderness. And then what else does survival mean? It's surviving in our skin, surviving in our jobs, surviving in our relationships, surviving in so much that we do. Like, oh, my God, this is it. So it's so easy now I could pull something that people are fearful let's say about you know being thrown out into the nature and having to survive and pull that into their everyday life and from that one word i built and looked at how i could create something new and different that i'm passionate about that will keep me excited for the rest of my life here and just show you know show by example as well too that hey if i was able to create something you can also in your niche of uh, business or your path of life that you want to go down so it was, it was an incredible journey of just that self-reflection conversations with friends and family members, Hey, I had this happen to me and I saw about this and what are your thoughts about that? And even another story, when I came up with adventure coach originally, and I was having a conversation with my father and he was like, why do, why adventure coach? Or he said, why just adventure coach? I'm like, dad, what do you mean? I love this. This <laughs> is incredible. He's like, yeah, but why just adventure coach? And I'm like, you stung me. It's like why not the adventure coach i'm like so bought the domain i think <laughs> with him on go daddy right there and then created the adventure coach and did a bunch of spin-offs from that but it was such a fun journey to go through and i think that ultimately makes me so excited more excited what i do every day working with clients to help define that for them and seeing that excitement from them reminds me of my journey and then it's just a full circle of just fun really
1: <laughs> awesome. So staying on the topic of your journey and even your dad and your upbringing, there's also that element, I know from talking to you before, of growing up outdoors and having many different kinds of adventures. Like What were, what were some of the formative things that happened there in terms of just growing up outside and having outside adventures and stuff?
2: Yeah, I think growing up in the country, our closest neighbor was approximately a kilometer away. So we were in okay. the wilderness and it was like, my brother and I would get up. I have an older brother, we'd up in the morning, have breakfast. We'd be gone outside all day, every day doing whatever. And my parents are like, supper's at six, be home by then. We're like, okay. <laughs> and I think just having that freedom to go explore mother nature, b- biking trails, you know, catch frogs, find a rabbit passing by and just follow it to see <laughs> where it goes and what it does. And then another big element for sure is my grandfather. He created this Ranger Week program for my, myself and my cousins that he would take us up to the family cottage for two weeks and teach us how to fish and to hunt. And to make birch bark canoes and all this (laughs) fun outdoor element that he grew up that was part of you know his just everyday work with some of the stuff that he did. So learned a lot of the outdoor elements and survival from him, and then that passion just grew in doing everything from paddling to climbing to biking and just doing all the sports. I never really focused down one path, so I was really spread out with that profile, which again. You know, I felt bad when I'd never made the basketball camp or whatever at school. or And it just, I'd never focused enough energy towards that. But I was so well-rounded on so many things that I was just like, oh, what's wrong with me? I can't make these clubs because I wasn't excelling down one. But mm. I was so well-balanced on so many elements that now today with my some of the packages that I offer, it's fantastic that I understand, I know, I've got the gear, I've got all the elements associated to jump right along with the client saying, hey, I love this activity. Can we do that? I was like, absolutely. So do I, let's go. So it's it's been an incredible upbringing, very fortunate for all the people that have, you know, left their impact on me and helped shape me into who I am today, really.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering, I, I just happened to listen to a podcast last night where this guy was talking about, I won't mention the names because I can't remember the name of the guest who was talking about it, but he was talking about like how there's almost a crisis of it attention because of social media and all that sort of stuff that people's attention spans are like being seriously reduced to the point where it's affecting our mental health, right? So, (laughs) I mean, have you noticed that like in a way, and, and he was saying, uh, the, the, one of the solutions that he offered actually was encouraging people to kind of have the experiences like you had when you were growing up. And I had the same, like, you know, I wasn't way out in the country, but had trees in the front yard and a creek not far away, and you know, uh, it was actually really, really wonderful. And yeah. and then and then took a, an outdoor education class in tenth grade that was really formative as well. So, yeah, have you noticed that too? Like, yeah, sort of
2: just the healing disconnect. I think people it, get outside. Yeah, it's the disconnect of you everyday right where we get so embedded to do the same things over and over that we forget about the simple subtleties of leaving your phone alone. And nowadays, and especially what we've seen due to pandemic is that people working at home. So now those people who used to do a quote unquote nine to five go away and then come home and be able to leave work at work. Now their work is starting to influence their day to day and their family life because now it's accessible. They have their work computer at home, whereas entrepreneurs, it's kind of like, well, you of always working in a way you're always accessible. But it's so nice to just check out and leave your phone alone leave the computer alone social media that's something that i got into to a variety of reasons but then came out and even last february my wife was like hey let's take a break from social media i'm like i love that idea and that was last february and i haven't really been back since so it's it's so lovely because i'm connecting with the energy the people everything that i want because i'm I'm admitting it, I'm attracting it. And it's it's being surrounding myself with what I want, not the dislikes, not the ads, not the pressures, not the the things that can really put us down and change our mood very quickly, right? Picking up a phone and seeing an image or something on social media and that could have direct impact. So I think absolutely our our span of being on top of something is definitely diminishing. And then I guess with all the accessibility we have with the technology today, it's so wonderful to disconnect, leave technology at home, get out of mother nature, just get clarity, calm down, be one, have a clear mind moving forward, enjoy that activity, whatever you're doing, or the activity of doing nothingness and just checking out, and then being able to re-energize yourself essentially for what's to come next.
1: Mm. So what have you noticed since you've sort of, <laughs> you're using social media less, like what have you no- What what's been the The big learning for you, or like, yeah, what have you noticed the most? Do you think?
2: I think ultimately, client-wise, I'm getting so much of my hundred percent wants of clients because Mm -hmm. they see what is up there and they've heard the the whole word of mouth. So it's it connect, let's work together, very straightforward versus you know always kind of create content, punching out, moving out. Like you're still getting new people, but I find it's been at this long enough now that it's been a really good rhythm now, and it's nice because. For example, when I started this adventure coaching, I think it's probably nine or 10 years ago now, going to networking events, people ask, what do you do? And I said, I'm an adventure coach. And people either look at me like, huh, what do you mean by that? Or, oh my God, tell me more. So at first, I spent so much time explaining to these, what do you mean, people, what it was that I was doing. But the more I talked, the more they got disconnected. And the sooner I realized that, I'm just wasting all of our times here, so I just, you know, very pleasantly turn around, and say, "Oh, what do you do?" Okay, pleasure meeting you, and move on, and really focus on the clients that I do want. And when someone sees my website, for example, connects with it right away, they're like, "Wow, I want to work with this guy." It's kind of end of story. And when they tell me that story, I get their energy right away. I'm like, "Okay, this is going to be a good connection. This is going to be fun." Because at the beginning, I remember telling I. It was definitely more friends that i said i want to c- create something new and different that my clients could you know become my friends in a way and people's like oh my god you definitely can't do that you're not allowed to do that you know you got to keep clients clients i'm like i disagree you know like we're opening so much we're creating such a a bond together with opening up and the helping that goes that's associated with it all it's like it's hard not to develop a relationship from that and we have so much fun uh, you know, just even over screen, like we're doing now to the adventures that we do. And all together, it's just, it's become an incredible community. And I'm just, yeah, so grateful for everything to have mashed up to get me to where I am today. Cool.
1: That's a great segue to our next question. So, what does your coaching model look
0: like today?
2: So, I do have, I started off, I should say that coaching by creating my coaching Bible, I refer to as having a very, sequential step-by-step process, which I've very early on, I think, broke down. very happy that I created, but I I broke it down because I very quickly realized that people come in and exit at different times of their lives and in their business, because I'm a certified life and business coach, that it was very hard to say, here's a five-step program, here's a five-step program to everyone that's out there. I choose to do more customized approach. So everything that I do starts with a simple conversation, a complimentary consultation with all my clients to be over a call or Zoom or in person to discuss where they're at, where they want to go, what kind of things they're looking at, accomplishing what goals they're going after and adjusting some of my packages, maybe some of the adventures that I offer and then and mashing it up with their you know their timeline, their budget, everything so that they could move forward regardless of which, because it's always sad to hear, oh, I could get help because I couldn't afford it. I'd rather create something at a low budget package, for example, to help that person just get to that first step, give them a little bit of extra confidence, help them get in that motion moving forward. And then when they're ready, come back, You know, whether it be three months, six months, a year, two, three years. Come on back when you're ready and keep moving forward. So it's definitely a very much customized approach that involves homework. It involves outdoor, outdoor fun. So, you know, during the pandemic, I had to give people their own homework by themselves to do. Outdoors and now getting obviously back into the swing of things with meeting up with clients and doing some of these activities again. And uh, the activities actually range from guided nature walks. I do stand-up paddle boarding, hiking and snowshoeing for the wintertime. I do aerial walks, zip lining, whitewater rafting, cliff jumping, like all the kind of, you know, there's still some very easy, slow flow kind of elements, but there's some high energy ones too. And I find, again, depending on the individual and their personality types, is fitting them in that right category of pushing their limit a little bit, getting them comfortable, building a relationship and get them to experience something new and different, which one right away is very exciting. And then while I get them there, is see if I could get their limits pushed. And again, everything's in a very controlled and safe environment, safety equipment, safety people, safety measures, everything's in place to do it, which again, helps that whole element of, oh my God, I could never do this. It's like, well, yes, you can, I'll do it first. And then, you know, if we're doing it in a group, you know, other people that are maybe more confident will go And then people will follow and it's just they leave that feeling like a new refreshed person because they're they've accomplished something they never thought they would actually ever do and it's a matter of you know minutes or hours depending on what the activity was and they've accomplished this where during the uh, we'll call the typical coaching sequence you could get to that point. It takes a bit longer and a a few more resources to get people to overcome those fears, barriers, or challenges in their life versus literally taking that plunge and making it happen. So it's very rewarding. Cool. I I was talking to Terry prior to this, our conversation,
1: and he was saying that you value your model so much and getting people outdoors that you've actually turned down indoor coaching opportunities is that is was he right about that (laughs) yeah
2: i used to have three offices uh, very nice offices that i'm like no i don't want to do this anymore because i always in the beginning i said to myself i don't want to be that therapy coach like i don't want to have that i want to get people moving i want to get people engaged i want them to become that better self that they've always wanted to do and i want to start right away so even i think last time we had a group call that i made it on i said like. From now on, moving forward, it's just like I'm putting an adventure of some sort into all of my packages now. And again, I have to watch out what it is depending on my client. But uh, it's an absolute thing now. It's like it's a no-brainer. I let you know some clients slide with not doing an activity. I'm just like, oh my God, if we only did this one little thing, it would have been <laughs> the next level. And it would have been just so much fun. And yeah. I find it very similar. There's a quote by Mary Kay Ash that says, We don't, oh, what is it now? Something on the lines of we spend more time planning our holidays than what we do our own lives. Where I want to help people plan their lives more so they remember more of what they do and set things up so they come when they want to come. And I always resort to this quote because when it comes to holidays, we get excited about it. We plan it out months, sometimes years ahead. And then, okay, we're arriving on this Friday. Then Saturday, we're doing this. Sunday, we're going to this restaurant. We're doing this. You know, everything is so jammed up on holidays to maximize that time off to, you know, to rack, relax, do some exercise, have some good food, have some drinks, whatever people enjoy doing. And they come back like, oh my God, that was such a great trip because it was so well planned out. But then they get back home and they fall in that same or very similar regime of, hitting the alarm clock off every morning, oh, I got to go to work, Mm -hmm. driving an hour and a half, being stuck in traffic, getting to work, a job they may or may not really like, coming home and the routine really changes. So it's taking that experience and slamming that into this adventure coaching or even the free range coaching element is creating now this experience that we remember because we're, when you're active doing something, you retain that information so much more. And there's no choice but to be present when you're doing anything with one of the free range coaches or with myself, the adventure coach. It's like you're so focused on doing that, but you're learning and growing and talking about, you know, the past pains, the future growth, and all the goals. So there's so much excitement there. And we remember the moments versus just. You know, ask me what I had for breakfast three days ago. I'd really have to ponder about it because maybe it wasn't that exciting or maybe because I have the granola so often that it's just it's become a routine for me. But being able to create this mini experience or this holiday or vacation away from people's day-to-day, I find has really been an incredible process for my clients and just been so enjoyable for me too, to be part of the journey with my clients.
1: So I hear you saying like, pushing the envelope a little bit and planning out an adventure or planning out their time off is giving them it's it makes it memorable so it's something that they don't forget easily (laughs) and it they it like when you're pushed to the edge it forces you to be present right i i hear you i hear you saying that
2: (laughs) i'm not checking social media while you're about to jump up a cliff with this guy (laughs)
1: yeah 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 so cliff jumping maybe retell that story like just just to show the benefits of, what do people get out of it? For, like, what's the payoff for yeah. for pushing the envelope a little bit?
2: Well, yeah, you mentioned the cliff jumping because I think I mentioned this in one of our conversations before about a client yeah. of mine. He would have been male, late 40s, and uh, he was a friend of heights. And uh, he came on one of my whitewater rafting adventures, which was definitely an uneasy event for him. But part of it was stopping at an island that had a really nice safe bank that gradually went up. And there was three places to, to jump off. And I was probably, you know, 18 to 20 people on this, this trip. And, you know, people started at the three or four kind of foot jump. And then there was a 10, 12, and then one closer to 20 feet. And he saw so many people jump off the 20-footer one. And, you know, everyone survived. Everyone bounced back up. We had helmets on and life jackets. Everything was safe. And I was just chatting with him on the way up and almost in ways purposely distracting him. To walk to the top, not stop at the bottom, right? Because like, oh well, I'll just go here and that'll be it, and that would have still been fantastic. But
1: you knew, you knew it was going to be a challenge for him to, to go. That yeah. he, he
2: was, he was the one that caught my eye the most. That I was like, okay, this is the person I need to stay close with mm. to just enhance, engage, get conversation. Other people who I knew had confidence, or I saw coming down the rapids, they were like, oh yeah, this is so much fun. Where it was more of the stun look that he had. So. I kind of gradually walked with him and went to the top of the other, the, the tallest, the 20-foot cliff, and uh, watching people go, and uh, I asked him, actually, at the time, I have a video recorded his jump and sent it to him afterwards, and I had, I had been filming there for a while because he, he was going, and I was actually more nervous of him not plunging because he was like, okay, I'm going, no, I'm not so that self-doubt was sinking in right but with the encouragement of other people there the clapping just talking calming him down and talking way through these things he was able to jump off that cliff and he had a gory he jumped way out <laughs> he's like got as far away as he's possible just arms flaring splashed into the water was underwater for two three seconds popped right out and just let out the biggest scream of his life and i'm like that man has just changed like everything now like we're talking about jumping off a cliff like 20 feet is high for some; it's not for others it doesn't matter the fact that this man didn't know how to he was afraid of heights and he jumped off a 20-foot cliff into water came up let out a scream like he probably hadn't screamed in many years anyways (laughs) yeah and i knew right away that that confidence that he just got from that he could now copy paste into so much because anytime there's a doubt or anything, oh, I don't think I could do this or I can't do this. It's just like, hey, wait a minute, I'm afraid of heights and I just jumped off the cliff. Like mm-hmm. you're not forgetting about that example. And of course, there's you know the work we did prior and post that event, but it's just now we can always resort back. So it's that mental image that's just embedded in his mind, like people have with posters or quotes or. You know, imagery around their house or their office to mm-hmm. remind them of these things. That thing he lived, he breathed. It was so real and so scary, yet so courageous and empowering for him that it's an experience. If you ask him today, and that was probably five years ago now, if you ask him today, he'd probably know the date we went jumping <laughs> because it was just such a big thing. And this was an entrepreneur as well, too. So, And I've seen him since and like his business has skyrocketed. And I find it's one of those things that just the confidence is one thing I wish I was able to sprinkle fairy dust on society just to to have it because we all have it within us. It's just that awareness. And it's just as we grow older, the more negative self-talk comes in, the more society bombards us or puts us in this little box saying you can't do this. Society's norm says that. Rule says you have to do this. But it's a matter of breaking through that and saying, I believe in this. I know that I can. Because, you know, there's nothing special about people who invented things or that are millionaires or that are superstars or movie stars. It's really, they just found out what their purpose and passion was. And there's like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going after this.
0: Mm.
1: So going forward, it kind of... Normal people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going forward for him, it kind of removes his... If he always and it has any self-doubt, it kind of removes some limits in a way. like it's seems like a small thing, but it's really a big thing, like, oh yeah, well, i can, yeah. i I faced this fear and I did it, and I I can do this too, right? like there's yeah. no there's no limit to what I can do, yeah,
2: yeah, and it's one of those things because the conversation, for example, that we had pre and post this event were words that could have been forgotten. like I'm sure you said, oh, yeah, I was working with this uh, adventure coach, Dave. We talked about this a lot. But it was really this experience that like really changed things for me. And then it embedded it in, in him. And you just, it's like having a tattoo on your hand that you just, you see it every day, you can't not, not see it. And as a reminder of what you did and what you are able to accomplish. And I think it's just, it's these subtle things that uh, bring clarity and confidence to people, I think is the greatest things. And what I work, two of the biggest impacts, I think I work with on my, with my clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, I'm wondering if you've had a similar
1: sort of experience. I like your story off the top about working with a coach and finding that one word, finding the survival word. <laughs> have yeah. you had any other sort of experiences like that, that where you've been facing an obstacle? It doesn't have to be outdoors, but what's, what's, what's a personal story for you where you've overcome an obstacle? And is there anybody, what helped? Was there anybody there to help or?
2: Yeah. So I think there's one story in Chamonix, France, that I'll share in a second. But I think also being an entrepreneur my entire life, there has been elements all across the board of always just looking how to survive, look how to create something new, you know, how to adapt with change that's happening, and how to grow myself to grow within the industry that's you know forever evolving. But I think one of the the biggest challenges, is, yeah, there's always challenge, and I think I. It come, It really is the sports and activities I do these days that push me into an uncomfortable zone, which kicks in that, oh my God, again, I did this. I could keep doing it. So you're always drawing within that activity. But one, one of the, the larger outdoor events that really kind of impacted me and changed the way I look at things and do things, I was skiing with a bunch of friends in Chamonix, France. And there's this 20 some odd kilometer down La Vallée Blanche that kind of goes around the mountain down into the village. And uh, we were there skiing for a week and waiting for the perfect weather to be able to do it because basically takes the entire day to get up and tour around and come down and make it down to the village. Finally, one of the last days we were there, it was a beautiful day. We get up top, we're super excited. We start skiing down. It starts snowing, and we're like, oh, cool, we're skiing. It's snowing. This is fantastic. But then the snowing it just got more and more intense. Wind picked up. Long story short, we ended up spending the night on the mountain. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, a big whiteout came in. We've actually met up with a few other people, so we worked together. We helped each other out. Some people, unfortunately, didn't have the adequate gear. That was required to be backcountry skiing. Thankfully, we did, along with a little bit of extra food, which we, you know, would have essentially been our lunch that day. panned out to be a lunch, supper, breakfast, and lunch. <laughs> oh wow! And it's really how staying calm was the biggest thing. And I think having gone through numerous micro elements of what we were experiencing there, how some people, these strangers that we met in the backcountry. Somewhere were a wreck, some were scared, some were nervous, and I was just like, hey, I need to stay calm for the benefit of everyone, so at least I have clarity. If something comes up, if an accident happens, because we were crossing ice bridges, we were in an avalanche territory, we couldn't see anything, it was dark at this point you know there was a shelter issue that we had to resolve and figure out there's so many things into place and i just boom went into overdrive and i that's like my superhuman power came out of just like okay mr khan i've got this we've got this okay let's do this and just instantly helping the group maintain distance because like price bridges right we don't want to be back to back so all these little elements that it was just like yeah, it just it hit me like a wall and like, oh my God, all those past micro experiences led to this day for me to be able to lead now a bunch of strangers, not like it I wasn't the savior. I'm not saying the story like that, but for me in my space to really be there for the three other people that I was with with my party, and then be able to be a further assistance to other people that we came in contact with and then make it out that day, and we went straight back to our ship had a meal and then added some wine to celebrate that we survived and we made it through and we were able to do that journey. But so many elements and that calmness and gaining that clarity of the situation versus panicking. Mm. And oh my God, I can't see. Oh my God, where is this person? Oh my God, where is that person? Can be absolutely stressful. Because even one point, I lost my group because there was one person from another group, that was possibly less in less shape and was lagging behind. And these were wet out conditions. And I was like, guys, make sure you always keep contact in whoever's in front of you because the tracks were getting blown away and chilling with snow that you would be able to just follow a path and stay online. So this one individual kept falling back. I'm like, I can't not leave this guy behind because he's struggling. So mm-hmm. I was waiting for him. And then losing the people in front of me. And I was just like, well, at least it's the two of us if we don't find them. But it's just, mm. it's incredible how if we are able to stay calm and take control of a situation that is out of our control mm. and understand again, what is in our control and what is out of our control and gain that clarity, it, it, it's a story that will forever stick with me because of the adventure and funness of it. But it's just like, wow, we were put to the test. It yeah. really puts to the test there, and me personally, for sure. And it uh, it's a favorite story, and a, a, to me, even a positive story that I I love, enjoy sharing these days. So it's uh, it could have gotten ugly quick.
1: Yeah, sounds like
2: it. So <laughs> uh, my my takeaway
1: from that is that
2: we when you panic, you get into lizard
1: brain, right? And you don't you just mm-hmm. don't think clearly. But right. if you can stay calm, then you you can think more clearly, and yeah, and, and usually <laughs> common sense re- <laughs> remains and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're able to. Now, pl- mind, you,
2: I, yeah. mind you, I was a ski patrol as well for 10 years. That okay. uh, That first aid, you know, dealing with certain elements that. Sure. You know, you kind of are a personality type to understand and get that. Like if you're afraid of blood, you can't stay calm. If right. Because someone's bleeding out there. But it, yeah. again, all these little elements that I've been exposed to prior to this element that made it a fun, almost event mm. did you guys keep moving it or did you bed de- did you find a shelter for the night or how yeah, it? finding a small shelter up in the mountain luckily enough one of i think it was a, a guy from switzerland who had skied there before and he's like i mm. think there's something this way so we're able to bunker down and at least get out of the elements for a while yeah uh, yeah but yeah the food element and water was definitely an issue in heat but uh, we were able to still make it through so
1: <laughs> wow that's, that's yeah. amazing. Amazing. So one of the questions that we came up with, I didn't share this with you beforehand was just, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever done one of these group exercises where they, you know. you you ask other people to tell you, you know, what's, what's, what are your strengths? You know, what are Dave's strengths? Like, how does Dave inspire you? Uh, you've probably done that before because I'm, I'd i imagine you've been in all kinds of coaching situations and group for sure. I've done sort of group exercises. So if you were to do that today with a group that have people that knew you, what would they say about you? Like, what, what's the, what do you find is the major way that you, that, that, that other people say, Dave inspires me this way like what would the typical answer be do you think
2: i think the outdoor knowledge would be the first one that comes to mind and Mm. that encompasses you know the outdoor wilderness survival slash the first aid in that because you know i've been with clients that minor things have happened and it's just hosting that calmness and being there and i think that's another one of just the calmness i've been in situations even with my wife uh, a silly incident happened two years ago and my wife tells the story. like I couldn't believe like I was about to faint, yet Dave was there so calm and he knew exactly what to do. And I feel that it's just like in a situation, even if it's a new situation, I feel like it's like Dave knew exactly what to do. And that's yeah. again part of the diversity of knowledge that I've gathered from incredible people in my life to, you know, traveling to thirty-eight countries and the experiences that i've had there personally working with so many different clients over the years that there's very few there's still a bunch of you know sticky situations i could get myself into like what do i do here but i think Mm -hmm. that having those experiences i think has been really great for people to say that the enthusiastic yet kong knowledgeable fast on his toes Creative is definitely uh, something good with my hands so again if it's you know one of my hobbies for example is woodworking so people see my work or if it's you know wilderness survival it's figuring something out with nothing that we just find in in mother nature so yeah there's a few elements that i could think of that come to mind real quickly of how other people have had you know shared to me Mm -hmm. in conversation and in in feedback forums and such
1: yeah cool Something's always going to happen, isn't it? When you're outdoors, like it, it isn't that something? else, isn't that yeah. something that people learn, like to come away with, or they're reminded when they, when especially when they spend an experience, an extended period of time outdoors, is that, oh, I'm not in control out here, you know, like and and then the, it's almost like expect the unexpected as it's well, really like yeah. especially yeah. if you're in the mountains, right? Like, oh like, god, or, yeah, yeah, so
2: much more to deal with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just going to say the other night, I was out mountain biking with some friends and we're climbing a hill. We're like, oh, nice, a deer. We saw a deer, like a good-sized doe on the side of the trail. And we're like, oh, that's so nice. And we keep going. And then we kind of go in and loop back around. And then we hear this huge ruckus. And then we see two bears running. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, this is wild. And luckily, the you know, the, assuming the bear was going after the deer because it caught its scent. But uh-huh. it just ran right past us. I'm like wow like i'm not ready right now to be encountered with a bear like my plan is not to have (laughs) a knife and bear spray on each hip you know yeah 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 it's fun to see that it's wild and it's one of those things that i think brings that confidence to people of just simply helping people i've even brought in clients that were new to the country out to very light minimal impact activities to introduce them with them We talk gear, we explain gear, I'll show up, like I'll go rent the gear, bring it to explain everything, give them a quick lowdown and maybe some history of like snowshoes. And I'll bring in my old pair of hide snowshoes and say, this is what it once was. And now we have these really incredible ones with tons of grip and all the rest of it and kind of walk them through and teach them that too. So there's so many steps to understand, yeah, because Mother Nature... You know, she could throw a lot at you and you need to be prepared. And that's where it's like setting the tone and setting the adventures to have the right gear, go the right time with the right elements and everything in place so that you're having a great, you know, it's a mini all-inclusive. You just show up and enjoy the ride and all we'll, you know,
1: that <laughs> A mini all-inclusive. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah. That's great because there's a lot of things I'd like to do, but I just don't have the equipment, right? So if... if- yeah.
2: It, uh, knowledge and the know how, or even simple techniques. Because some things, yeah, like an example I share quite often. I used to do a lot of bouldering, which is indoor rock climbing, and you don't go very high, but it's just your freehand. So I remember going with a bunch of friends, and we we're all, you know, thin guys, nothing we weren't too strong. We were doing it for fun. And then we remember several times these very muscular men would come in and just yah, god yah, what's so their funny. way up these lines? And it's like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to scream. You don't have to have big muscles to do this for. It's actually more technique. And then uh, we had a friend of ours who was very petite and she's just going up very differently. <laughs> like it was nothing. And I'm like, it's technique, it's not muscle in this situation. So <laughs> helping people with those subtleties of, like anyone could snowshoe, but being more effective with snowshoeing and having the right of shoes is very important. And going on a trail, that is your level and your ability versus going down the wrong path, you know?
1: Yeah. Cool.
2: We, we've touched on this a bit, but I'm just wondering if you
1: just, what are some results that you're seeing with some of the people that you're adventure coaching? Well, we won't use the free range coach term for you. Let's say you're an adventure, <laughs> the adventure coaching.
2: It's all the same though. It's the same. It is, Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really taking that conventional coaching practice and mixing it up with something that involves an activity or being outdoors and mm-hmm. really doubling up on the experience. So I think that is really fun. Do you mind rephrasing that question again, just so I could. Yeah. What are, what are some recent results that you've
1: seen with some of your clients?
2: So it, the, the confidence, clarity, and connection I find are those three main that uh, nice words that I find that come along that having people reconnect with them, their inner selves, right? Because. I'm taking them away from there every day that they're like, okay, I get to focus on me now. And so many times, so many people, so many situations, so many parts of our life, we get disconnected because of busyness and society and, you know, becoming a new parent, for example, and all the rest of it. that is so great to just reconnect to that inner you. So helping my clients really connect with themselves or reconnect with themselves. And I think that, you know, checking back in to us, you know, we have this plan have this vision, we, you know, and we're born and then we grow old, but it's we need to check in to see where we're at and always adapt to the change. And I think that clarity is another big one because oftentimes we set our course, but the fog comes in and we get slowly off off track of where we want to go. And it's, it's incredible being the outdoorsy person I have and that I am and using a compass quite often as analogies is that if you're one degree off, which is nothing in a you know, 360 degrees. If you're one degree off, down five years, down 10 years, by 20 years, you're way off course. Mm. So it's that regaining that clarity so you could refocus on that path of where you want to go and again, uh, make those change. And I think the pandemic has created so much change for and forced so much change on everyone is that we need to recalibrate that compass and say, where are we going? So regaining that clarity and reconnecting with oneself, I think, is, is very important. I think being able to adapt to the new changes where people often get set in their ways or have an idea and don't want to break it and is bringing and working together to create that same end vision, but a merging and adapting that into something new that, that really works in today's society because people are obviously wanting to, you know, create their, a better business and make money within their business, which you always have to adapt and grow. So I think those are oh yeah, and then, of course, the confidence the we the see is just like doesn't that confidence is just part of the everyday. Like I've had people come in with great confidence, but it's just greater confidence that they get to leave with because of all these little elements. Because even for those people who are adventurous and outdoorsy and all the rest of it, that what we do is very simple and normal to them. It's giving them a new mindset and creating different outcomes for a runner who runs every day or a cyclist that cycles every day. It's changing the mindset and the end goal. So you are also, you know, doing it because you want to lose weight or you're preparing for a race of such. You're doing it for that, but you're also looking at what's important for you in your life and your business and adapting that to that activity you're doing. So it's that parallel that I work a lot with with my clients of, incorporating their activities and having that, you know, thoughtful moments, me time, all these different elements that, you know, different coaches and speakers use for connecting with oneself is uh, that growth step by, you know, engaging in an activity that you love doing and tying in uh, your passions and purposes and business and your life all involved in that. And that you get incredible results that I've seen happen way quicker than, you know, what I was doing at the very beginning Mm -hmm. as a conventional coach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I can see like, I, I can see that there's things that all of those things that you described, they could happen through certain exercises or asking particular questions or whatever in, in the typical coaching situation. But I'm just, it's just a sense that I have that, you know, by taking people outdoors, that it's just going to, it's it's going to ha- it's the the experience of being outdoors is just going to leverage those things and some of them are just going to happen naturally as well. You know.
2: Yeah, and it's really uh, that whole analogy of teaching someone to fish versus feeding mm-hmm. someone a fish, right? Is yeah. That, I want something that sticks. I want something that gets embedded into their life for them because this is something that they want. I I'm saying what they want because it's dependent on every individual. We all have different needs, wants, dreams, desires. But it's finding out what those are, teaching it to them, doing the more conventional stuff as a warm up or introductory and get them understanding the concept of it, and then living it and doing it, and then coming back saying what worked, what didn't work, how we could adapt to it before layering the next thing so it becomes part of their new sequence moving forward, their new them moving forward, their new business moving forward, so that it just doesn't fade away and disappear. And that's what I saw in the speaking industry that, You know, I was helping people there and then. Mm -hmm. But then I would get feedback months later saying, oh, Dave, I'm really stuck on this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. It's just like, oh yeah, no one was there to help you and to guide you down this portion. And that's where I was like, oh my God, this is is more, I love the speaking and I still do a bit of it. But the coaching, the one-on-one coaching and the one-to-group coaching is just so incredible because you see change, you see growth. And people are feeling it and experiencing it and crying and laughing because of it. Mm. And it's the, all the emotions associated with it, that it becomes real. Mm-hmm. We're asking questions and filling out forms and it's still real. <laughs> real. <laughs> yeah. It's just that added element, right? It's just, yeah. uh, I've
1: yeah, it just layers on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, one of the, one of the, Big phrases right now that people talk about is is embodying it, you know, mm. and and there's just something about doing something, like actually moving and being outdoor that that enhances the learning, right?
2: It, it's taking action on what we're learning in school. So we'll call yeah. it more conventional. Yeah, coaching is the school. Sure, right? I'm not just you know telling you how to do things or right. working with you or guiding you to find out what you need to learn. It's <laughs> physically doing it with you so that it is part of that growth, it is part of that training, it is part of that education. You know, it's it's a hands-on approach, and that's me, that's my passion, that's what I love doing, and sharing that with others and sharing everything that I have learned and acquired from so many different people. It's just like, I just want to spread that more to everyone. I want to spread it out (laughs) for everyone in the world.
1: (laughs) Right on. Well, after everything we've talked about, I'm a little reluctant to even
2: ask this question, but... (laughs) Do you have any tips for us? (laughs) God, tips. There's so many things that what's to come to mind, I think, is work with a coach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but on that, like the joking aside, is like, even as a coach, I've had numerous coaches and no or very few Olympians made it to the Olympics without a coach. So it's right. really one of those things that it's always working and getting inspired by others, I think, is is one for sure. And mm. I think another thing that comes to mind is really, you know, people have ambitions, dreams. Some people call it goals. Some people like or dislike that term. And even to the line of New Year's resolutions is that we all use some form of this word. We all talk about it. We all wish upon it. It's just very few do it because... That wish, dream, goal, desire sometimes is too far away timeline or too big or too expensive or something that other people have and it's not really enough for them, that they never feel it, they never get it, they never acquire it. So I think one of the biggest things is is baby steps. Mm. Start, find, create a small, tangible goal, dream, whatever you want to call it, something that's small and in more in the the short term, so let's say per quarter or in the next three months or by the end of summer as we're rolling into summer, do something that is easier. Still push your limits, but do something that's in a short time frame that is something is feasible for you where you're at today so that you could go through that mini micro process feel it, understand it, get a better grasp of it, but actually see it and accomplish it and mm. build that confidence and be like, oh yeah, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. I want to do something bigger. I want to do something greater. I'm going to look at now something further away, but also look at the, at the short-term goals, the long-term goals. And This is something that I work with my clients quite extensively on, is understanding the goals, categorize them, breaking them down, finding that path and rhythm that works for the client, so that, again, they're seeing results because there's nothing worse than being that person that every year at New Year says, yes, I'm going to quit smoking. And your friends are like, it's been 15 years you've been playing you quit smoking, and you're still smoking. But it's what are you going to do? How are you going to cut that back? Who are you going to get in your, you know, close group to help eliminate that or to remind you of that? What time frame, You know there's so many things to break down and create now these smart goals and i'll leave that for the listeners to google and acquire on their own or reach out to me and i'll definitely gladly answer that question for you and i think that that is one of the biggest things that is just there's so much knowledge to share out there but to be specific i think that is the first one that comes to mind but i think the most important one is create a small tangible goal that you can see and achieve in a short period of time to create that first baby step because it's a taking step of that first action that makes the rest come easier. And then you could have, be, do whatever you wish to do in life.
1: And you mentioned confidence quite a bit today. And and that's how confidence is built, isn't it? By, by, by getting results, even if it's little results, at least you can look at something and go, Oh, okay. I, I did that. It's, it's not, maybe not jumping off the cliff, but it's, it's like no, looking good. back and saying, Hey, I took one step today towards this goal and it, it's yep. confidence building.
2: Yeah. And you look at, I think is very universal is riding a bike. Mm. I'm going to say not, at least 90% of the population knows how to ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some unfortunately don't get the opportunity to do. And we all learn to ride a bike in the first, we'll just call it six years. We all get on it sometimes, you know. Now they have new styles of uh, balanced bikes, but we, have, we used to have training wheels and we take off the training wheels and we go a bit, fall over, but we'd get back on, go a little faster, fall over, get back on. And it's one of these things at that time when we're so young, we don't worry what people are saying about us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not worried that, oh my God, the neighbors are watching me fall over, you know, versus being in our 30s or 40s and trying to ride a bicycle for the first time and be like, no, thank you. I know I'm going to fall, therefore I'm not going to do it. but. It's taking these little baby steps and just, just start by a little rotation of the pedal and then go a little faster and a little faster and a little faster. And it's these baby steps that allow us now, like to become an Olympian cyclist or to just be a pleasure, you know, just putzing around or getting your groceries in a bicycle. But it takes that little element of getting on a bicycle, pushing yourself, allowing yourself to make mistakes and falling and creating those failures, but knowing that you still have that confidence to get back on that bike and keep on trucking because you know that end goal is going to feel good once you get there. Great. Do you, do you encounter
1: this a lot? Like, it seems like people, a lot of, there's people that are motivated by comfort (laughs) and they just want to be comfortable. You know, a lot of the things we've talked about today, it's going to force people to be a little bit uncomfortable do you have conversations with people about that ever or does it come up for sure
2: and i think in that example of what you just mentioned and talking about bicycling if i were to get someone who is uncomfortable about cycling or doesn't feel like they're fit enough i would be going out and getting them an electric bike that's a nice city you know a nice comfortable and starting on that because again that's that baby step. stepping back a little and yeah. creating that baby step. So, oh my God, I had a great experience. I went e-biking with Dave. It yeah. was a super fun ride versus me giving them a mountain bike and taking them on some single track trails and falling over and hurting themselves. And then it's like, I'm never doing that again. I want to create experiences to be 100% pleasurable for those people that they want to get into that activity more because my clients are active to some degree. and mm. they want to get back into a sport or try a new sport and it's giving them that confidence and having that comfort that's there. So yes, there's there's still an element of pushing someone's limit, but using that you know e-bike versus mountain bike analogy that I'm not going full pin with someone that's trying to get back into the sport or wants to try for the first time it's just setting everything out i find even stand-up paddleboard is one of those newer sports and activities that have come out and i've done quite a few stand-up paddleboard events with clients who have never been on a stand-up paddleboard i'm like for you today it's a matter of just staying sitting on your board paddling getting out having fun Mm -hmm. and then others it's like they're doing headstands on the board it's just (laughs) like whoops. Teach yeah. their own, right? And we yeah. all have different levels and abilities. But it's making sure that they're comfortable, they're safe, and they don't get the scared, and they have the right gear for them, so they want to do it again. And they speak highly of me, and they tell their friends and all the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So before we go, I'm wondering if there's anything that you were hoping
1: we talk about that we didn't talk about. Is there anything that you want to you want to share?
2: I think between the the finding a free range or adventure coach to even have a conversation with to see how you could take your life or business to a different level I think it is only going to cost you your time and I think the encouragement that you could find from people in this community is going to be incredible and It's still new out there. Some people are a big question mark. What is this adventure coaching and free range coaching? But I think Mm -hmm. that's where this community is really focused on creating that path and explaining that path for you and showing you and witnessing and embodying everything about it to give you that new experience. That is really just the next level of the coaching industry. And I think we kind of talked about that in many ways, but I feel at times, I need to be more specific and direct. It's just like, go out and ask these people. Go out, feel free to ask me any questions that you have. I'd be more than happy to help. We're an incredible community of people and we're there to help you. So get in touch with any and all of us today.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for mentioning the whole group. And if people want to find out more about Dave, they can, they can see his, some of his information on the Free Range Coach website, but maybe to save people some time, you you mentioned it earlier. And I actually am curious about that too. Like I'm so involved in the social media world. I feel feel like, oh, you got to be doing all this posting and stuff like that. And you've stopped doing that and you're, you're still getting new clients and all that kind of stuff. So that's encouraging to hear, but what's your website? Where can people find out more information about you?
2: So, you can check out theadventurecoach.com or daveurichuk.com. And that's U R I C H U C K.com. And uh, yeah, no, everything's there. Email address. I've got uh, some packages that are listed there, adventures that are listed there, some products such as my ebook, my audiobook, my hard copy books, some swag, everything there. And feel free to reach out anytime. I'd be more than happy to help. Great. What's the plan? Like, what are the steps to get involved or to work with you? First step is reach out to me, whichever method is preferable to you. We basically set up a phone call or Zoom call, or if you're local to me, I'm based in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And uh, we basically have a conversation to see where you're at, where you want to go. I suggest things specific to your needs. I'll give you help then and there, and uh, give you some time to reflect on what I think would be a appropriate package for you that is customized to your needs. And from there, we, uh, we literally jump on the horse and uh, have some fun with uh, coaching online in person and within the context of beautiful mother nature. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll let you get out there, and get back to it. <laughs> Thank you so much you. for spending this time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Free Range Coach podcast. To connect with the Free Range crew, join us at freerangecoach.com.